Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely aligns with their goals. This week, I am so excited for my guest, Joshua Helsifton, who is from the Mortgage Advice Bureau. And I'm very excited for two reasons. Number one, Josh just got me a remortgage, which is going through at the time of recording tomorrow. So I'll get some cash out of a property for, if you remember in last week's uh, podcast, I was talking about a property that I found. So that mm-hmm. money will go into that property and also because josh we have to talk about mortgages and lending <laughs> and what's going on so hello thank you for coming into the podcast and being with me today hello. yes hi are you okay good thanks how are you i'm good thank you i'm great as always <laughs> <laughs> good i'm <laughs> glad to hear it so you are a mortgage broker I am. <laughs> so I'm a mortgage advisor for the Mortgage Advice Bureau. Um, predominantly, yeah, do do a lot of buy to let, um, do a lot of remortgages, a lot of purchases. Got a couple of, you know, portfolio landlords, um, that that I deal with on a on a regular basis. Um, also do a lot of residential stuff. So I manage a couple. Well, I don't manage. I work for a couple of local estate agents. Um, have a few various ones around the country as well. So I do a bit of telephone advice. Um, and face to face, so yeah, a bit of a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to mortgages, I'd say. Um, so yeah. So you've seen quite a lot of what's going on recently, and I guess the first yes. question then, and these questions have come from my audience, um, as well as things that I get asked all of the time. So first question: okay. Are mortgages easy to get right now? Yes, definitely. Um, in my opinion, it's the best time to to get one as well. If you are sort of looking. And we say that this is the best time. Rates are absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, lenders are getting more flexible by the day. Um, they're all trying to compete with each other. So the only way for them to compete with each other is for them to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've got a lot of lenders now that, you know, we're looking at all kinds of things. So for buy to let, you know, they're going away from the traditional 25% deposit and you can now get sort of, you know, 80%, 85% loan to value. Um, in terms of applicant profile, you know, looking at credit impairments, you know, that there are plenty of lenders out there now that you can get with sort of impaired credit history. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, I would definitely say that they are um, based on, certainly from a year ago, um, you know, in the last 12 months, definitely. It just seems to be getting easier as, as time goes on and I think you know I think it will only continue to to get better as well um at the moment from what I'm experiencing and is that just because of uncertainty in the market there's less people buying so there's less people lending so lenders are just like please I want to give you money <laughs> I think I, I think there is an element of that um yeah I think you know when um, definitely in the residential side of things yes there are there is a lot of sort of hesitation um I would say it's not as much on the purchase side, I'd say it's more on the 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 kind of sale side. So I think people are more hesitant to put the house on the market now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there are people out there that are thinking of moving, maybe just putting that off for sort of four four or five months at the moment, just to see what happens. Obviously, in the in the, in the economy over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know the lenders. I think that you know they, they they have to become more flexible. I think we're in a we're in a day now where you know certain things are becoming a lot more common. 
Um, and, you know, technology is helping as well. You know, technology is helping massively. Obviously, you've got, you know, your credit scores, your open banking, all the things like that, all the systems, you know, it's all it's all playing its part. Um, and the FCA is having a big drive on sort of, you know, um, execution only at the moment as well. So I think it's... Yeah, it's it's all it's all all changing, but I think it's you know it's it's going in the right right direction. Okay, and so one of the big things that I know that stops property investors from being able to get these higher loans is the stress tests that we all have yes. to jump through. Can you explain <laughs> what the stress tests are and how you yeah. know how much to borrow? Because this is, I'm always asked this and people turn around, they say to me, Natasha, I've been out for £500,000 worth of borrowing and the bank has said no. Can you tell us why? <laughs> yeah, so stress testing is one of those, yeah, it's, it's one of those things and it is one of the biggest obstacles Personally, for me, yeah, when it comes to buy-to-let lending, it is a really big obstacle. Uh, and it can be for residential as well in the terms of affordability calculations. You know, people will say, oh, well, I can clearly afford this. Why can't I borrow it? And it's because, you know, although the rates, you know, you might get a rate of 2.2%, the lender will actually be probably testing the payment against the rate of 55 mm -hmm. So that is a common stress test rate at the moment. So you've seen a lot of the big players using the standard sort of 5.5% interest the ICR at 140%, which is interest coverage ratio. So it's that's that's how it works. So what they they're what they're wanting to do is they're effectively testing that rental income against the much higher mortgage payment as opposed to what it is at the moment. So yes, a mortgage advisor or a bank will give you a quote and, and the rent will probably exceed it and give you plenty of profit. However, the what the lender is, is doing in the background is they're testing that pay their, that rental income at a much higher interest rate. Now, some lenders don't necessarily have a cap. You know, some lenders can, can, can test it at all sorts. You know, we've had it at 9% all sorts before. So it's that that's where the difficulty come in. So you do have lenders that are stricter than others. So you will find, I mean, like the quotes I've given you recently, you'll have some lenders that will give mm -hmm. you so much and then you might get another lender, the exact same interest rate, but they're willing to give you potentially 10 or 20 more thousand just because their stress test calculation is a bit more friend, you know, a bit more friendly to the to the to the applicant, mm -hmm. um, and it is just, you know, it's it's not going to go anywhere. It's there for it's there for the you know the applicant's protection just as it as it as much as it is the banks. Um, so it, you know it is just one of those things, but that that's what that that's how it works, and, and that's kind of how it's how it's calculated. All the rates, you know, the stress rates are different. You do have potentially some in some situations where it can't be done so i know some lenders you know if you hit a certain income threshold some lenders won't stress test an application okay. um, so I, I would say if you are in that kind of situation that it's always best to get that advice from someone like myself because what we can do is we can we can check all the lenders rather yeah. than sort of you having to go around and ask them all we can you know we we know where to go when we get a, a certain situation so if i get a rental income and i know straight away it seems a little low for the loan amount I'll know which lenders will be more generous and I can sort of go to them in, in the first instance. Okay, interesting. There was something else that you've said to me recently, which I wanted to pick your brains at, is yes. why can you have lower rental income with longer term mortgage products? <laughs> so that's known as the ICR. So that's called the, that's the interest coverage ratio. Okay. So... 
what what they're doing is is they're basically they're just making the stress test a bit more a bit more flexible, or they may not they may not be stress testing it at all. So, for example, um, if I'm doing a residential mortgage for someone with a two year fixed, uh, or I'm doing a five year fixed, as an advisor, I don't have to discuss stress testing if we do a five year fixed, whereas I do if we do a two year. And the main reason for that is just the the, the amount of stability a five year fixed gives compared to a two year fixed. So lenders just kind of take, you know, a stance on it and they're willing to, because they know, you know, the, the rate's got plenty of stability, 60 months, you know, five years. Um, the rates, they're, they're just much, they're more happy to, to, you know, give you a much more generous rental count, you know, a, a maximum borrowing amount based off the rental received. So they just loosen up the ICR um, mm-hmm. and sometimes they may not even put it into play. And there are other instances as well. So, um, there is a thing called top slicing and top slicing is where certain lenders will use your personal income to top up um, the rental income as well. So we do have plenty of instances where uh, the rental income can be insufficient to get a certain borrowing amount. However, um, there are some lenders out there that will consider your employed income, um, providing you meet certain criteria like income levels and things like that, then that can also be used to top up, top up the payments as well. And there are some really, you know, big plays in the market that, that do that. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so you you talk about two-year fix. What about on the three-year, the middle ground? Would you yes. still be doing the stress tests? Yes, has the same principles as the two at, at a three. So the only one where we would stop is, is the five. Um, and you'll see it on calculators all over. You know, if you ever have a look, um, if you ever speak to a mortgage advisor, they'll tell you the same. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, you are, if you are willing to, to commit to a five-year fixed, um, I do tend to find in experience it's not very popular uh, among among investors. Um, it's, it's you know most of the time it's not enough flexibility and it's you know it's you don't normally know if you want to have the property that long you know let alone tie your mortgage in for that long. So yeah. we don't we don't get them that common in experience. But yes, it, it it is a viable option if you are looking to to sort of boost boost the borrowing and, and the rental income isn't where you need it to be. Then definitely, you know, speak to speak to the bank or speak to the advisor about the possibility of doing a five-year fixed because there will be lenders out there that will lend ten or twenty thousand, you know, maybe even more in in certain some certain scenarios. Do you also get ten-year fixes? You do, um, and predominantly on, on residential. There are some fifteen-year fixed now. I believe it or not, I think um, wow. I think there are a couple of lenders that are looking at fifteen-year fixed deals. Um, to be honest, there's a couple of 10-year ones and the rates aren't too bad. I mean, you move into 15 and the rates, they shoot up a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there are, they are out there. Again, not very common. Um, I've not personally done one this year. So, you know, it just shows that they're not, they're not you know, what people are wanting to do right now. Um, so, we, but yeah, they are. Again, if, if you know you want the mortgage for that long, I guess, and, and you've got no plans to sell the property, then, and you are, and you can get that rate locked in, then, you know, by all means, you know, yes, there are some, you know they are still they are still roundabouts they are still competitive okay so what are the interest rates now looking at the different in, uh, different lending products so should we start yeah. with two year should we start with fixed and then could you yes, actually I've, I've gone, talk us through yes, I've, I've, trackers course, yes, and I've, variables of course so i've um, i've got um i'd have to bear in mind, i haven't got any trackable variables i've gone for the fixed that's fine um i would say personally <laughs> It's all down to opinion, of course. I would say at the moment you want to be fixing your mortgage. Um, I think 
personally, I mean, the race I've pulled off, the ones, the ones I'll give mm-hmm. examples of. I mean, it is hard, of course, because I've got access to so many lenders. It's you know, we, we could be here for for hours. <laughs> um, but that, but the fixed is the way to go at the moment. I think you know, personally, okay. the race race were an all time low. I, you know, I think that's where I want to be. So. I've done 60% LTV and 75%. Um, so the two different ends of the scale, um, sort of 75% being quite common, 60%, you know, obviously where you've got a lot of deposit or either a lot of equity in a remortgage. So, you know, I have done a couple of remortgages and purchases. So purchase, um, 60% two-year fixed. Um, the most competitive rate I've got in terms of true cost of the two-year fixed is a rate of 1.81% with no fees. So, you know, again, that's... Wow. You're looking at yeah, not even a percent. Well, just over a percent above the above the base rate, and that yeah. and that's for a purchase. So you know that's you know that very very competitive. Seventy five percent. Um, you can actually get a rate of one point seven nine. Um, comes with a nine nine five arrangement fee. Um, so you've got you can either add that to the mortgage or, or of course pay on on completion, and then you get five hundred pound cash back to to offset that fee a little bit as well. So, you know, still very competitive for, for buy to let, um, you know, with a 25% deposit, that's that's a very good rate. Really good um, rate. Yeah, of course. Five-year fixed, 60%, you're moving from to, from 1.81 to 2.13. So, you know, you, you're talking, what, 10, 20 pounds maybe a month? Not not much at all in mm-hmm. it, between the two and the five. So that's where if, if, if fixing for the five years will get you that rental, will get that borrowing that you need you're not taking a massive jump in interest rate for that benefit. So if you are happy with a five-year fixed, then again, you're not necessarily going to be paying so much more and it's a lot more stability. Um, moving to 75% five-year fixed, um, you're looking at 2.48%. So again, slight bit of jump, but this one comes with no arrangement fees. Um, so that includes a free valuation and no, and no product fee, that one. But still, for buy-to-let, you know, very good. You tend mm-hmm. to find they are they are higher than residential uh, traditionally. Um, moving on to remortgages, sixty um, percent um, two year fixed. You're looking at one point eight nine percent. That comes with no cost at all and a free legal service. So, in terms of arrangement costs, th- there aren't any. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, very very competitive. Um, two um, looking at the seventy five percent two year fixed two point one nine percent. So again, you know, not 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 much, not much in it at all. Um, the five-year fixed um, at 75%, looking at 2.48, and then your 60% is 2.04. Wow. So I think what you can take from all that is they're all roundabouts the same, which is which is why I, I just don't I don't see how much further they can come down. To be honest, um, they are very they all all roundabouts. All the ones about even moving from 75% to 60%. You're not seeing too much of a drop, just the, just like you're not seeing too much of a, a change when you go from two to five. Um, but you know, obviously, they are all subject to availability and, and criteria check and, and things like that. Wow. Okay, so there are some great products out there yeah. at the moment. I mean, yeah, of course there are. I mean, I will add um, that trackers and variables are around about the same. Um, you might be looking at you know point one less on on a tracker, but there's no you haven't got any stability with that. There, there are normally no early repayment penalties to come out of a tracker. You might pay you might pay an arrangement fee to go on one for that benefit, um, but the rates themselves are all round about the same, which is why everyone is going for fixed at the moment. Yeah. Because why go for the same rate on a tracker when you can fix it um, and, yeah. and get that guarantee? Okay, so 
when we're talking about where you're going out to get these uh, these products from, over the last mm-hmm. 12 to 18 months, there's been a lot of new players moving into the scene, alternative finance. Are you finding a lot of new players are entering the scene and are they giving better value for money? Um, In terms of, I, I would, no, I, I wouldn't say no. I'd say the principles... Um, are still the same. Okay. Um, there's not there's not much change on that side of things. Yeah, there are sort of alternative um, finance op- options coming out, um, but they tend to be sort of away from from mortgages. Um, I think you more the mortgages themselves, the lenders. Um, I've not seen too many more lenders sort of come into play. Um, we've seen a couple that have stopped stopped trading. Obviously, you know Tesco being being a really big one mm. uh, that, that stopped that stopped doing business recently. Um, but yeah, I mean in terms of in terms of the market, I you know certainly over the last twelve months, I me doing my job, I don't feel like there's been any sort of impact. And okay. um, the way I do things hasn't changed. The way the products themselves haven't really changed. As I've said at the start, um, if anything, there's just to me there's a bit more selection. There's mm-hmm. a bit the, you know the lenders are getting a little bit more flexible. So if anything, um, it's only making it better uh, that there are sort of. I don't think there's necessarily an addition of lenders on my side of things. I think it's just the existing ones are getting getting a lot better at, at what they're doing and becoming more available. Yeah. Okay. So when we're looking at loan to value, mm-hmm. what loan to value would you recommend investors starting with? So start in terms of starting with, I would go, you know recommend twenty five percent deposit, so seventy five percent loan to value. That's when you'll see that's when the good rates start to kick in. So, you, you yeah, you can do 80% on a purchase, um, you, you know, but you will see, a, a, you will pay a premium for mm-hmm. that. So, I would always say, if you can get the 25%, then certainly that that's where you want to be. Of course, the higher, the lower you, the lower loan to value you can get, the better, How you know, but it just depends on personal circumstance. You know, if, if someone's got, you know, a pot of money and they can only afford 20, 80, a 20% deposit, then you know that might be right. That might be right for for that particular mm-hmm. property or, or mortgage. And, and there are ways, you know, obviously in which we we, we can recommend and, and make it, you know, so it's so it seems seems okay. But I would say as a starting point, seventy five percent, because you're going to get every buy to let lender will do seventy five percent. Not not all lenders will do eighty percent. So that you know that would suggest that most lenders want you to be in the sort of seventy five percent bracket if you can. If not, then there are still, you know, products out there for you. Okay, and what's the maximum loan-to-value investors can get? So the maximum is 85%. Um, there are possibly one or two lenders out of the, I think I've, it's just over 97 I've got access to. I don't, I don't know the number exactly. Um, but I think there's one or two lenders off the top of my head that would pop up on the sourcing list for 85% loan-to-value. And you are looking at possibly rates of around, you know, maybe late threes, early fours. With, mm-hmm. with possibly arrangement cost as well. So, it, you know, yes, very expensive, but same again, it's an option if it's the only option kind of thing. So, but yeah, 85% is out there. Um, it, it definitely is. Okay. So when you're applying for these and, you know, I come to you and I say, I've got this property and I always tell mm-hmm. you how much I'm going to be buying it for and, what I think the rental value is going to be. So yep. that's that's information I give to you. But what else do you need? <clears throat> what what's best case scenario if someone approaches you for a product? So in in terms of 
what I like to do at the start is is do just do a bit of a bit of a fact find. So we can there's various ways in which I will do that as face to face meeting over the phone. Um, I have an online inquiry form that, that can be filled out either way. That that enables me to get the sort of basics. So income expenditure. Um, I would say particularly for investors to have a good knowledge of your portfolio. So you need to know um, what mortgages you've got at the moment um, and who the lenders are, what sort of rates you're paying, what the outstanding balances are. So, yeah, having a spreadsheet is, is always a good idea that you can send over to an advisor because then you've not necessarily got to spend all the time going through it. Um, but, you know, definitely to have a good understanding of your portfolio, obviously of your own situation as well, slight income. Because different lenders are different, uh, all different, of course. Some have no minimum income requirements, some have income requirements. So us, and as, us as advisors need to be fully aware of, of your situation inside and out so we know which lenders to recommend. Um, from there, we will we will have a look at um, your existing portfolio, decide, obviously decide for whether you're a portfolio landlord if you are. And again, that rules out some lenders. So, you know, we take to the sourcing and, and have that chat with you. When we get to time of, of application, um, in terms of documents, again, um, existing mortgage statements for properties that you've got, um, pay slips um, from your employment or, you know, tax returns if you're self-employed or company accounts limited to company, mm-hmm. bank statements um, and ID, basically. They're the kind of documents. So not too much documents, but I would say the key thing that I always find when I speak to some investors is just sort of we need to know what what that portfolio is because the lenders needs to know how much more, how much borrowing you've got across your other properties and things like that because some lenders have really strict criteria around you know um, how many properties you've got so it's really important for us advisors to know that when we get to AIP stage which is agreement in principle and I guess one of the other things you probably need to know is the strategy behind the property what are you looking to do with it exactly right. yeah which is that's that's the main that's how we would talk about the repayment method and um, so that's 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 the way i would normally introduce that so if we whether we're looking at repayment or interest only that's the conversation around that is very much focused around the plans with the property um you know whether it be a remortgage what the plans with the capital raising is if there is any um purchases you know is this a single purchase or is there going to be more so yeah this is where this is the kind of conversation i'll have and just to establish where where it's going kind of thing i get a lot of questions about what can people take out mortgages and are within the six months of purchasing do you get the do you know the questions that i mean where you buy a property you do it up and you remortgage out onto a product mm-hmm. and more yeah. than often an investor um an investor does it pretty quickly because you buy the property and you want to get it done. So you're there working 24 seven. It's done yeah, two months. <laughs> what do you say to people in that situation? Because we, I know that a lot of lenders are really hesitant to do the remortgage within the first six months. They are. Um, they are. There are some lenders that do day one remortgage. So that's, that's how I get around that. <laughs> yeah. So if, as long as that, as long as you know, the, everything else checks out, then if, if I do get an investor or, or any sort of applicant in that situation, then that, that's where I go immediately. Um, but yeah, it, it is a hard one to overcome. As you've just said, the, you know, lenders don't tend to tend to like it. Um, there are lenders out there that will sort of give you them fixed rates with no early repayment penalties. And you normally just have to pay an arrangement fee upfront on application for that benefit. 
um, or add it to the mortgage so it is eventually paid when when you leave the mortgage. So some lenders get around it like that, so they're happy to sort of give you the rate of mortgage and, you know what, if you want to leave it early and, and repay them a fee, then, you know, they'll take that. Some lenders are dead against it and they'll just not accept it at all until you've owned it six months. But then, yeah, there are some lenders that will do a day one remortgage. If you've owned it for a week, two weeks, you know, there are some lenders that will that will accept an application on, on day one. Okay, great. Okay, that's good to hear. I think you're going to get a lot of phone calls from people asking you about that product. <laughs> <laughs> so other questions that I get, what's the minimum age you can get a buy-to-let mortgage? Um, 21. You tend to find 21 is, is the is the norm. Um that's that's what you're looking at for for buy to let obviously residential being being 18 have you ever seen any buy to let products for 18 year olds or is there any way um, that they could do it um i haven't to you know my knowledge but as again with with some research i, I would have to double check but i haven't i haven't seen any i haven't you know most of the applications i do always asks if the applicant is over 21 yeah. years of age um i've not come across one yet where you know where where 18 is is suitable um, but you know, um, as I said, there's, I've got access to, to plenty of lenders. They could always, you know, and as criteria change every day, I must get three or four emails, a, you know, a day or even, you know, a week. We've had a change in our criteria. Check this out. I must get, you know, four or five of them a week quite easily. So who knows with some research and, you know, as I've said, that's where very much where it might end up going soon. Okay. So anything is possible. Of course, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another question can you see interest rates rising anytime soon so we're at a really low interest rate but do you think yes, it's going to go up um i wish i you know i wish i knew um it would make my job <laughs> a lot easier <laughs> wouldn't we all have um, crystal but, balls well yeah with, with all of that but i personally think that yes i think they will go up um i don't i don't know how i don't think it'll be by much um and again you know it's, it's one of these things it's the they're that low at the moment. I honestly don't see how they can they can come much down. I mean, you you heard some of the rates I quoted you earlier for mm-hmm. residential. You know, we're still seeing rates of one point. You know, around the one point five, one point four mark with certain LTVs. If you you know if you can pay a fee, so I, I don't know how they can come down much more than than they are. Um, so. In, in my opinion, yes, they'll go up. Um, there are obviously the referees flying out all over the place um, some people think they're going to bring them down a bit and then shoot them up and some people are going to think they're going to take them up just to bring them back down straight away and um, it's you know at the moment it's clearly all a matter of opinion um, which you know personally mine is you know the, the, we are seeing slightly reductions but we all we are so also seeing slight increases with some lenders mm-hmm. so it, the, there is no sort of consistency at the moment it's not like we're getting a drop from every lender because like i said some are going up so some are coming down so it's really hard to sort of answer that question as such but like i say if if you ask my opinion i would certainly say i think i think they are going to go up not not yet but possibly sort of next year maybe in Mm -hmm. in, you know mid next year i would say possibly okay what are the biggest pitfalls that investors need to think about when deciding to get a new buy to let mortgage um, I, I would just personally say, um, this is something I can't really give advice around, I'm afraid, but I would just say the tax implications. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot of law changes recently, um, again, which I can't comment on, I'm afraid. But no. um, I would say we do have a, me, myself at the MAB, we, we have a useful guide. Um, it, 
it tells investors inside and out what you know what what the tax implications are and what to look out for um so you know that's always useful but i would say yes just to be fully aware of, of how it's going to affect your income um, and things like that when when taking out a new mortgage or you know transferring properties across names and or buying more and things like that but yeah also if you are a portfolio landlord yeah just to understand what sort of lenders are out there for you as well because as i've said not all not all lenders con consider uh, portfolio landlords with, with very with lots of properties you know when you're sort of going over your 10 properties and things like that and also a level of borrowing mm -hmm. so there's there is a lot that sort of comes into it um which is why it's it's always good to to get that advice and, and speak to someone like myself um just you know rather than going direct to the bank because you know they they can't give you can't give you that comparison and they can't give you that advice so Definitely tax implications being the big one and, and, and overall cost, I would just say, you know, obviously stamp duty is obviously a big one. Uh, we know we know it's the additional rate. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's just definitely important to aware it's going to cost you. Be aware of, of your situation and, you know, speak to a mortgage advisor about, you know, if there's implications of if you bought another property or if you, you know, sort of capital raised against it. Because lenders have aggregate LTVs and all sorts. Like some lenders like you to have an aggregate LT loan to value across your portfolio of 65%. So if you remortgage all your properties to 75% LTV, that can create a problem for you. But you wouldn't know that unless, you know, you spoke to sort of certain people. So I guess, you know, if you are sort of planning to remortgage or purchase a property, it's always worth getting some advice. Good, good advice there. And then <laughs> final question. Serviced accommodation has become a new player in the market. How yes. easy is it to get a serviced accommodation mortgage? And what does an investor need to be aware of? Um, so, yeah, the, the, I've got quite a few lenders to look at. The, the commonly known as holiday lets um, in, in, our, in, the, in the industry. So if you look at a lender's criteria, that's what you're looking out for. Um, if you are wanting to research into it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, they're becoming common, as you've said. Lenders, again, it's just the case of more lenders are becoming on board. Obviously, you've got your certain lenders that are just sort of saying, no, we'll never touch them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think w w when I've looked into the criteria of the lenders that do it, it's very much subject to the property itself. So you, you have got, con what I have seen that is common is LTV restrictions, so being loan to value. So you might have a maximum 70% of loan to value on on what is known as a holiday where whereas okay. you know you've obviously one lender might do 80 percent but then they might only do 70 percent for a serviced accommodation so again before you sort of go down the route of potentially viewing making offers um and button purchasing again it's it's because it's very much subject to the property it's always best to speak to a mortgage advisor you know personally if it was me i would say well you know that's great i've got two or three lenders that will do it what I'd like you to do is, is send me the send me the property details. Let me have a look at the advert. You know, let me see. If, let me check it against the lender's criteria because if it's quite apparent that it's not going to fit with anyone, then you know we can obviously save the investor a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rather than them going to look at it and have loads of viewings if no one's going to give them a mortgage on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing I've seen is is very much property specific. So it's all to do with like the titles and, and lease agreements. Um, all around the you know loan to value restrictions etc. So I would just say you know get some get some advice around it and and see what see what the options are. Brilliant. Thank you, Josh. I really appreciate you coming <laughs> on today. No, I'm... it's okay. Absolutely, my pleasure.
thank you. I'm going to put your contact details in the show notes below this podcast. So if anybody wants to get in contact with Josh, you know where to find him. So again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. You're welcome. Absolute pleasure. And thank you to everybody for listening to the NC podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you can, give us a good rating. Your support means the world to me. Thank you so much for listening this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.